wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your your presenter and drive time every Tuesday and Wednesday. And of course, this week I was with you as well on Monday. So uh, we've had a really uh, wonderful week uh, together. Now, this week we are uh, following the theme, the Bible, uh, the believer and the spirit. Now, this uh, this theme is just so important. It's so key. It is central uh, to the life of both the individual Christian and also to the life of the entire church. Uh, Without the Spirit of God, the Christian cannot be a Christian and the church cannot be the church. Uh, This is central. This is core uh, to everything uh, that we are are about. Now, of course, today uh, we're going to be chatting on the question, uh, how will the Holy Spirit uh, change my life? Do you know, if I accept, if I have the Holy Spirit functioning in my life, uh, does he make changes and how does he make changes? Or is it just uh, life continues as normal? And, you know, one of the things that I'm just so conscious of uh, is that the Word of God, uh, it's quick, it's powerful, and it is life-changing. And whenever the Spirit comes into the life of an individual, uh, you start to see changes taking place. Every time you see the Spirit coming into the life of the of the church, you see changes occurring within that church. And, you know, my prayer uh, is that church after church in this country uh, will actually experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I suggest to you one of the biggest challenges that the church, uh, that individual Christians are facing today is the challenge of dead uh, Christianity. We talk about the necessity for revival. How does revival occur? It occurs through prayer and then the impartation of this Holy Spirit. We need to understand uh, this is so core uh, to everything Christianity is about. Now, to guide us through our discussion today, we're going to be joined by our regular Wednesday co-host, and that's in fact uh, Pastor David Butcher, and David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in South Australia. Welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary. It's wonderful to have you with us. Uh, You know, it's a beautiful, well, I was going to say it's a beautiful, it's it's actually quite a chilly day outside, but look, I've just been, uh, or rather my wife has been noticing on Facebook uh, posts put up by your wife, and I've discovered that you've had an increase in your family just in the last week, and you didn't tell us anything about it. What is it about wives and and social media, (laughs) hey? Um, Yeah, good afternoon, listeners. Uh, Look, our family has been blessed um, by the addition of a new family member. It's uh, not the two-legged variety. It is a, a little cavoodle. Uh, a little girl, her name's Mishka, which means gift from God, and she's, uh, we got her at eight weeks old from a friend, family friend, and, um, so we were blessed not to pay Big, big money. Yeah, because you can pay really big money for those, uh, for those cavoodles these days. Absolutely. So really blessed, little Mishka, and, um, yeah, we currently have in our home uh, two rabbits that roam free out the back, three goldfish, a rabbit that lives in the house that is growing big, and now this beautiful little um, 
cavoodle and uh, yeah it brings so much joy i guess we're going through the toilet training at the moment and um and and look that's going fairly well who actually takes him for the walk well so uh, the yeah mishka's been vaccinated had some vaccinations but has to wait another four weeks or something before she can um uh, some there's some virus in the soil that can affect uh, dogs etc and so my wife picked up off Gumtree a very second hand um dog uh, pram. Oh, I did actually notice this, actually, or rather my wife noticed this, and uh, I, I sort of thought, hey, I thought the purpose of having a dog was so that the dog could actually pull you around your uh, your measured track and uh, get some exercise, but apparently Mishka's not going to get any exercise. Well, not for four weeks. Like in the house, like and in our garden, she'll just run around crazy. But, um, yeah, so seemingly I was at an appointment last night, and uh, Megan, it was near our home, and so yeah, Megan said, yeah. hey, I'm uh, walking up to meet you. Yeah. And so here was this pram with this uh, cavoodle in the pram. So that won't be a long-term thing because um, it's got a bundle of energy as a tiny yeah, little yeah, um, puppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's very true. You know, uh, a, an animal like that can certainly bring some new life uh, into your, uh, you know, your exercise schedule, into your into your whole uh, life's uh, uh, life's plan. You know, it, it can actually disrupt everything as well. I might. Add. Oh, look, it can. So. Um, Essentially, she was sleeping in our son's room in like a cage at night, like yeah, a, you know, yeah, like a, yeah. a pen cage. Uh, we've put her in like a living area space and um, she'll sleep through the night and at sort of 6 a.m. I'll go out and she's just starting to wake up and so then she's outside for to do what dogs need to do at that time. Of, wow. Uh, we used day. to have a cat that used to sleep through the night as well, but our cat is now 15 years old and it's decided it no longer wants to sleep through the night. And uh, I'm afraid our laundry is getting used as a uh, as a, as a little bit of a jail um, <laughs> um, more and more uh, regularly when... Uh, uh, when I'm around, uh, you know, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, uh, no, look, um, uh, let's, um, uh, let's come to our world watch, uh, our world watch segment. And, uh, cause there's something here that, uh, certainly I picked up today. This was on the um, premier Christian news website. This is one of the major Christian news websites over in, uh, the United Kingdom. And, uh, it was talking about AI or of course, artificial intelligence. And, uh, the title was, uh, Stay close to people you trust in order to combat AI's bad actors, says a Christian minister. Now, this is a, a Christian minister in the UK. He's trying to uh, be proactive on, on this issue with his congregation. The rapid advancement of artificial intelligence across everyday life poses a threat to humanity, according to one of its pioneers. Dr. Jeffrey Hinton left his job at Google in order to speak out over the concerns about this technology. Uh, the man, known as the godfather of AI, uh, told the New York Times that AI systems will increase Increasingly result in bias, threaten privacy, and impact jobs. Uh, Chris uh, Goswandi, uh, a Christian minister who has worked in technology for 30 years, he's also the author of, uh, te- of a technology blog, um, and uh, he gave uh, uh, gave his view. Uh, the new thing is the fact that this t- technology can now work with us and talk to us in a very human way. It can make human responses. So it can discover things for itself. Rather than telling an AI bot how to play chess, 
you can tell it to go and learn to play chess and that is something that is very human. You don't have to program in what it's got to do, but rather it will learn how to play chess. Jeffrey Hinton's worry is that with this ability to discover and do things which are not intended by the creators of the bot, AI may have unintended consequences like a domino effect. We just don't know where this will go. In his newspaper article, Dr. Hinton referred to bad actors who would try to use AI, artificial intelligence, for bad things. Uh, Chris Goswani uh, told Premier that this is actually a really worrying development. Uh, bad actors are people who come into this uh, in a malevolent way, using AI to sway elections, creating spam that can go across millions and millions of people's accounts. Although uh, the information itself may not be true, the fact that it's repeated so much and so plausibly can have AI generating its own evidence for these things. It's a huge risk. Jeffrey also talks about the end of civilization as we know it. Uh, the risk to humanity of AI taking over because of the fact that there are so many unintended consequences. If you have a machine that can decide for itself, uh, that it can go and learn things for itself, that has to create real problems. Uh, we need to be concerned about these unintended unintended consequences and make sure that as Christians we have people in these areas who are using it for good ends for good educational purposes so we need to educate ourselves and make sure we know uh, what we know what uh, and know that we are with people that we can trust. Now, uh, David, to, to me, I'd, I'd just love to sort of get your feedback on this particular article. You know, look, how would you respond uh, to these developments? Uh, you know, I mean, is it how wise is it uh, to simply adopt the latest tech? innovation just simply because it's the latest tech innovation and how would you respond to the christian minister who says hey look you need to stay close uh, to people that you trust yeah really good uh, questions gary and this certainly is a very relevant topic isn't it this whole ai and then you've got chat gpt and other yeah, sorts yeah. of, of um, new technologies i think when any new technology comes becomes available it offers new opportunities yeah and we see that in the spread of the gospel yeah and so we shouldn't discount technology or new technology but we also see new threats that come new temptations new drawbacks uh, when i was a child I, I clearly remember um that there were some people that i knew some christians that thought the overhead projector with the i don't know what they were transparencies you'd put yep, on them yeah uh, yep. that they were of the devil yeah you know, that was new technology. It was, it was. And that's, this has been something that certainly, uh, you know, the, the Christian church and society as a whole uh, has had to grapple with, you know, every time a new technology does actually come in. Uh, and yet on this one, um, is this something that uh, knowledge and caution um, could be an appropriate response. Yeah, look, I, I think so. And you raise there that um, because of the the bad actors, AI's bad actors, that we need to stay close to some Christians that we can trust. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, what we see throughout Christian history 
and it can be in any denomination and any religion. And I guess we're focusing on Christianity because we believe that is Jesus is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in any faith, but even in any denomination within Christianity, um, we should never look to a human being. Mm-hmm. Why? Because uh, we're all flesh and blood. Yeah, uh, we're sinners, and uh, Satan wants to pull us down, and he wants to pull Christianity down through Christian leaders. Yeah. Uh, all you have to do is look at uh, you know current news stories in Australia about Christian leaders in large mega churches, uh, tally evangelists in years gone by, and even present. Uh, across the world, how they have fallen and led people astray. So there is a danger in focusing in on being reliant or trusting mm. uh, Christian close friends or leaders. And I guess, Gary, two texts that come to mind is um, Psalm 119 verse 105. Mm-hmm. And this is a well-known text. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Yeah, yeah. So our light shouldn't come from another individual. Yeah. From a, a friend or a human being. They can help us on our journey. Yeah. But our trust ultimately has to be in God's word. It and it only provides true light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think what you're saying there, David, is more than reasonable because it gives us, uh, if ever there's a time for me when we need to be coming into the Word of God and just becoming familiar with it, what does the Word of God say on various issues? And, uh, you know, when, uh, when, when we hear a friend, uh, you know, ridiculing the uh, Word of God, what is a, d- determining what is a reasonable response to what they are actually saying. This is true, and even various Christians will have different worldviews. Some will be yeah. quite secular. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, we are told in the New Testament to test all things and hold to that which is true. And I guess the passage, I think you might have mentioned this earlier on, Second uh, uh, Timothy 3, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, so for yeah. For the for truth, yeah. for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Yeah. 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 That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the word of God is suitable, it is sufficient to train, to equip, to inform, uh, to be our teacher. Yeah. Not yeah. in and of itself, but when we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Who yeah. brings these printed words to life. And that's actually where we're coming from this week because uh, the thing which I am just so conscious of, it, it's so easy to be able to quote, you know, even one of you know, my own denominational papers. You know, it's a very easy thing to be able to do that. Whereas, in fact, what we're called to do is to be able to come directly from the Word of God and to know exactly where the Word of God is coming from uh, because we are coming into a time now where we're going to be looking at, you know, for example, a chat GPT where computers can actually write articles, they can write logical articles. Uh, they appear to be more than reasonable uh, into into as what they are actually presenting. And yet, uh, if a person, it's only when a person has the knowledge of the Word of God, I'm just so conscious that uh, so much of the 
AI, uh, where is the flaw in that? Well, the flaw is that uh, what it does is replicates, and this actually actually comes from uh, an, an article uh, from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology Technology Review, and uh, the flaw is that uh, AI uh, tends to replicate uh, the flaws of human nature. Mm. Uh, so, in other words, uh, where we've got a sinful in, uh, sinful programmer, and of course that's all we've got, all this, yes. um, what tends to come out the other end are the biases that are uh, given to us by uh, those particular programs. So, uh, as I look at this, I'm saying, hey, how important, you know, more and more we're living in a day and age when we have to become familiar with what the Word of God is saying in so many Many different areas. And Gary, you know, another verse and passage that's come to mind, we're challenged to walk by faith and not by sight. Um, and, and so the technology and what the world throws at us is going to be visual, it's going to be audible, it's going to be all of these things which are very attractive to our senses. But we're told to walk by faith. That's not a blind faith. Yeah. That's a reasoned faith that is built and grounded on the Word of God. You can't walk in a world that's throwing you up everything that's different. Yes. You can't walk by faith in a world like that unless you are grounded in what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah. And this is pushing people back more and more. I'm actually saying, particularly to, to our young people, please go back to the Word of God. And, and one of the things I'm sort of, I'm actually saying many times now is, please get off your devices because it's so easy to say, uh, look, uh, uh, you know, John three sixteen says. So I type in John three sixteen and I get the the passage. John three very accurate and all very quick and all the rest of it. But what I don't get is the context that that's actually in. And there's actually a place for being able to sit down and to read the Word of God so that I am familiar with the context. And Gary, what you're just saying reminds me back, and and neither of us were around then, you go back 500-odd years, um, you've got the Reformers, the Protestant Reformers, people like Martin Luther, the Here I Stand um, uh, principles, and that was based on the Word of God and their understanding of the Word of God. And so, in one sense, we need to go back to to the principles that they held of sola scriptura and 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 by faith to to base everywhere we stand on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate what you're saying there. Look, let's come to some some music. This is uh, Gavin Chatillier, and he's singing as water to the thirsty, and indeed, uh, that's exactly uh, what the Word of God is. Uh, that uh, is more and more uh, what uh, what we would call uh, call you to, to come and, and consider on a daily basis. Please, uh, please enjoy Gavin Chatillier. Like sunshine after rain 
light and starlight and sunlight are mercy. So is my Lord, my living Lord. So is my Lord to me. Gavin uh, Chatillier, and uh, he's singing as water to the to the thirsty. And uh, how true uh, are those uh, those words that he's uh, he's singing today? Now, folks, look, we do have our giveaway a book today. Now, look, this uh, subject of the Holy Spirit is so vital; it is so core uh, to your to my uh, Christian life. Uh, what we're doing today is giving away a book that uh, is actually uh, intended for. Uh, right across our churches and uh, this one's entitled Revive Us Again. It's actually written by a, a preacher, Pastor Mark Finley. Now, uh, Mark has worked in evangelism. He's now uh, approaching his, uh, his 70th birthday, I, I, I believe. He's uh, uh, coming um, he's written this book, Revive Us Again, and, uh, uh, and it's his appeal, uh, to the church. Uh, the back cover, uh, it, this book leads the reader, uh, through God's word and the, and, uh, the ch- life-changing spiritual principles, uh, that you will encounter. Uh, as you read, uh, it will challenge your mind, uh, to dig deep uh, into what it means when the Holy Spirit does move. It place yourself in an atmosphere of spiritual renewal. Uh, do you know, I hear so much about spiritual renewal uh, today and yet so much spiritual renewal that uh, I hear about is not solidly based in the Word of God. Uh, what Mark does here is digs into the Word of God. Uh, he says, uh, what does, what do the scriptures 
scriptures say about spiritual renewal? What is this work of the Holy Spirit? How does it transform life? How does it transform the church? And uh, uh, look, guys, if you would like a copy of uh, this book, Revive Us Again, then all you need to do is to text us. Now, our drive time text number, and you can also... If you want to send us a comment or two through, please feel free to also send any comments through on this drive time text number. It's 04 888 That number again is 04 888 And uh, all you need to do if you're wanting this particular book is to put our code for today uh, into that uh, text. Just as the the uh, uh, just as the text just say SA one one seven. Just five digits in a row. No gap between the SA and the one one seven because uh, uh, otherwise our robot gets all confused. And when you when you text SA one one seven through to o four triple eight. 80811, then our robot will contact you. He'll get a, a few details off you so that we can get this book to you in the fastest possible way. You will love uh, this book. You will really appreciate uh, all that it does sh- share. I believe what it will do is change your spiritual life. Um, that uh, number again is 04888-80811 and the code is SA. One one seven. Uh, this is a real little beauty. This uh, this book. Now, folks, this week we are following the theme: the Bible, the believer, and the Spirit. And today we're chatting on that question: How will the Holy Spirit change my life? And uh, and this is something that I know through my ministry has been almost repetitious. I've seen you know churches that on one hand have been uh, dry. And uh, lifeless. On, on the other hand, I've seen uh, churches uh, that have come alive. And uh, the difference I suggest to you is this issue of the of the Holy Spirit. I've seen people's lives. Uh, I've just. It's exciting when you see someone who is excited about uh, the gospel, and uh, uh, suddenly uh, you're able to realise that the Holy Spirit is actually flowing through that individual. But David, look, help us out on this. You know, it, it, some would see this as one of the sensational beliefs of the Christian church, but, you know, the Holy Spirit, um, it, how will it, well, will it change my life? And how will it change my life? Look, really critical and crucial topic, isn't it, Gary? And, um, yeah, we know that the unpardonable sin in the context that it's given is essentially attributing the works of Christ to Satan. Um, and when we look in the Gospels, and it's the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us of the works of Christ. So when we, when we reject the Holy Spirit, we really don't have the convicting power, which is the Holy Spirit, to convict us that Jesus is God. That Jesus is Lord. But Gary, I want to start off by, by I guess, Sharing a, a few things, it's interesting that when we open up the first page of Scripture and the very first chapter and first verse of the Scriptures, we come across um, the Holy Spirit right at the beginning, don't we? Mm. We have the creation story and we are told there that the Spirit of God moved or hovered uh, above the deep, above the waters. Indeed, indeed. Right there at the very beginning. And, and then when we go to the last page of Scripture... 
and I'm turning in my Bible. You said it's good to be able to use the Word of God, not just a device, right? And so when I turn to the last page of Scripture in Revelation chapter 22, so first chapter of the Bible and the last chapter of the Bible, Mm -hmm. Revelation 22 and verse 17, it says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. So right there, five verses before the end of Scripture, Mm. we are told, or four verses, we are told that the Spirit and the bride say, come. So you have the Holy Spirit right at the beginning of Scripture. In the first book of the Bible, first book, first chapter, you have the Holy Spirit in the last book, and the last chapter, and mm. yet all the way through. Yeah. And so I want to suggest to us, Gary, that just to paint the picture of the importance of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life, that um, the Holy Spirit was active in the work of creation. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is sent to execute the plans in yeah. one sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit was critical in the mission of salvation, the Holy Spirit was actively involved in Jesus' birth. Yeah, We yeah. know that uh, Mary was a virgin, mm. and the Holy Spirit overshadowed uh, Mary. Now, we don't understand that fully, mm. but we know yeah. that it was a, you know... It's a, a creative process, isn't it? Absolutely. So, he was... This God-man Jesus as a baby, but before that, uh, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. We know that the Holy Spirit um, confirmed Jesus' public ministry in Matthew 3, uh, where Jesus is baptized. We hear uh, the words of the Father, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus at his baptism in the shape of a dove. Mm. So the Holy Spirit is there. We then know that the Holy, that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we know that the Holy Spirit is um, also um, a resurrecting force. Mm-hmm. And I want to share this in Romans 8 verse 11. This is uh, the great theologian, the Apostle Paul. He says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Wow. So the Holy Spirit is not something that's insignificant, and often trying to understand the role of the Holy Spirit is is not an easy thing because it's so much easier to relate personally as a human being to Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, God the Father is a bit more difficult for most of us because, you know, we picture some old man with white hair. But Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But what about this concept of spirit? Mm. Well, the Holy Spirit is as integral as the Father and Jesus to uh, humanity and the mm-hmm. salvation of humanity. So we have this picture that the Holy Spirit is there at creation. He's there at the incarnation. He's um, present at resurrection. Mm. Uh, and so he is the one that brings to fulfillment, if you like, the intentions of God, the Father. That's that's. I, I love the way you're actually pulling that together because sometimes we sort of see the Holy Spirit as being a, almost a, a solo New Testament uh, uh, understanding, and yet what you're saying here is that as far back as creation, you get the, uh, the the Spirit hovering over the face of the deep. You know, even as far back as the time of creation itself. 
at you know if it's in a, in the New Testament, it's presented as a life giving force. Uh, in the uh, Old Testament, you actually find it as a creative force. You know, coming to Mary again as a creative force. And this is why it's so critical for believers to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because we are dead in sin, yeah. and the Holy Spirit, with that creative force, yeah. will create in us a new heart. How else are we going to get a new heart? Create in me, O God, a clean heart. Yeah. It is only through the Holy Spirit. Um, so the. F- what we see in Jesus, he's conceived by the Holy Spirit, Matthew chapter 1. He's baptized by the Spirit, Mark 1, 9 and 10. He's led by the Spirit, Luke four eleven. Um, he, he does miracles through the Spirit, Matthew 12. He offers himself at Calvary through the Spirit, Hebrews nine fourteen. 14. Uh, Romans eight eleven. the Holy Spirit has a part in the resurrection of Jesus. And so Jesus was the first person to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And the amazing thing about this, the Holy Spirit is so present in Jesus' life, and Jesus was the first person to fully experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yet Jesus offers to us that you can experience. And this, I think, is the point that we so often Overlook and forget. You know, I think of, you know, John, John 16 and verse 7. Now Christ is talking to his disciples and this is what he says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You know, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, then what's going to occur is the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. You know, to me, that's a, that's a huge statement. This is absolutely massive. So if Jesus was the first one to be fully equipped and empowered and led and, and, and all of that by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I'm going to be leaving you. But, but it's to, but it's your, to your advantage. advantage that I go away. You know, to me, when I look at that, I turn around and I say, Hey, look, you know, Christ was the person who, when he was on earth, he was healing. He was teaching. He was raising the dead. He was working miracles. You know, I mean, you look at this and you say, Hey, you know, surely it would have been advantageous to the human race for Jesus to stay here in a physical form. And yet he says, No. It's to your advantage that I go away. Why? Because if I go away, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to dwell in you. And forever. Forever. So, so Jesus offers us the very same power. Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead, he offers to every person yeah. that surrenders their heart to God that they can experience the same infilling, the same outworking, the same conviction, all of those things that he himself had. And, and you know, David, this to me, what you're saying now is so important because this is the difference between a living and a dead Christianity. You know, I, I hear so many people say today, oh, look, you know, I mean, a Christian church, you know, I mean, 
what can the Christian church actually offer? And what the people are actually reflecting on so many times is in fact the, uh, you know, the dead Christianity that is existent in uh, so many places, in the hearts of so many individuals, in the center of so many churches. And, you know, at that point, uh, are there, uh, are there, their statements correct? Of course they're, they are. They're, they're right. Of the, course they're the right. The worst advertisement for Christianity is not a non-Christian. It's a, a Christian by name, but not by life. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, in John 14 through to John 16, uh, and even John 17, this is, this is Jesus's last night before he's, he's arrested, right? That night. Yeah. 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 He's, he's crucified the following day. So when we come across the Gospel of John, um, from chapter 13 onwards, um, we're really dealing with Thursday night. Um, mm. and they're going to see Jesus completely different in a few hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. Th- their hopes, everyone we are told deserted him. And so before any of this happens, which Jesus knew in advance that his disciples would all desert him, yeah. he wants to give them hope. He tells them in John 14 um, that the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. And notice this, he dwells with you, but then he says, and will be in you. So <laughs> the Holy Spirit wasn't in the disciples yet. Isn't isn't this absolutely beautiful? You know, I get really excited about this because, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. You know, Paul says, you were bought with a price. You are not your own. You know, Philippians chapter 2 says, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. How is it physically possible for the, your for uh, this uh, mind that was in Christ Jesus to also be in you? Well, the only way that's actually physically possible is when the Holy Spirit is actually functioning in the life of the individual. At that point, you're starting to think with the same mind as Jesus Christ. And I, this is powerful. And so this is what Jesus is sharing the night of his arrest before it happens. And he tells them he won't leave them as orphans. And he says, I will come to you. Yeah. What's he referring to? Uh, you've already read in John 16 that he will send another comforter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone... Uh, like himself. Jesus was the first comforter, but now there's going to be another comforter that's going to come to the believer. A comforter, a helper, a teacher, a convictor of sin, of righteousness, all of these things. Yeah. And and we can only live the Christian life. You can only be a Christian if you have the Holy Spirit living in you. That's that is a remarkable statement. And it's incredibly true, I believe, and I believe it also goes one step further. It explains why we're having such huge problems within the entire Christian church today. You know, it, it, it's almost as though, you know, every man believes that which is uh, right in their own eyes. Well, and, and Gary, this is not a new problem, right? Um, the church in Jesus' day had the same problem. And, and here you have a religious leader, Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, that was a religious leader, an authority in the church, and Jesus says, hey, you need to be born again. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Otherwise, you won't see the kingdom of God. Uh, The disciples, those early church leaders before Jesus died at, at, at at the trial, they all deserted him. You cannot be a Christian Yeah. that is alive 
without the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. You and, know, the, and that's why Jesus says it's to your advantage that I go. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, David, I, I, you know, as you probably have as well, you know, through through my ministry, I've seen people who have come alive through the result of the Holy Spirit. And you know, some, and we're going to look at, you know, what are the evidences that the Holy Spirit is flowing in just a, just a moment after our, after our break. And, but you know, I have seen people who were basically um, um, non-passionate about the things of God suddenly become incredibly passionate. You couldn't, you couldn't keep them quiet. They had a, they had a peace. They had a joy. Uh, they were, uh, they were excited about the things of God. They couldn't wait to be able to tell somebody else. And you know, the, the saddest thing to me is that so often, you know, and often a person early in their, uh, in their Christian experience will, uh, you know, will actually be excited. We'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit. What will somebody else in the in the in the church actually say about them? They'll say, "Oh, just calm down a little bit." Yeah, you well, know, you're okay, too energetic. Or give them give them time. Yeah, give them you, time. And you'll go cold, or and you'll, you'll be like us, and you'll be like us. You know, to me, I look at that and I say, "How incredibly sad!" You know how sad that is. And the Holy Spirit's given for a purpose. We'll talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, etc. But uh, when when the Spirit isn't exercised in someone's life. What I mean mm. by that is when the Holy Spirit's an enabler. Indeed. But Indeed. if we choose not to be enabled, well, then we're a dead Christian. Exactly. And that, that's the big difference. Yeah, yeah. David, look, let's, uh, uh, let's come to, uh, to some music. This is uh, uh, one of the songs of my youth. I, I really love it. This is Evie. Uh, give them all. Give them all to Jesus. Uh, please enjoy uh, this beautiful song. Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up all the shadow dreams of your life
And that was Evie. I give them all, give them all to Jesus. You know, that one takes me back to uh, my, my college days. That was a, a fresh song when I, back in about the 1980s or somewhere there when, uh, all those years ago when I was inhabiting college dorms. Uh, it, uh, uh nonetheless, it's a beautiful song. I hope you, uh, hope you did enjoy it. Guys, look, we do have our giveaway book and this has been a very popular book, uh, this, uh, this week. Uh, our book this week is by, uh, Pastor Mark Finn. Uh, and the book is Revive Us Again. This is not a long book. It's not a difficult book to read. It's not a theological book. This is a practical book. This is a book that will answer the questions that you've got about the spiritual life. This is a book that's designed to revive a spiritual life that may be, may be struggling. Uh, and look, folks, we really want to see spiritual lives. We want to see churches come along and uh, come alive. This book uh, will certainly do that. Now, look, if you'd like this beautiful book, uh, Revive Us Again, uh, then all you need to do is to text us. Now, our drive time text number again is 4 808 80811 and all you need to do is to uh, send us our code now uh, our code today is SA117 just five digits in a row no gap between the SA and the 117 uh, SA117 uh, and uh, that'll go through to our robot uh, we call him Pilgrim although sometimes they change the names of our, our robots uh, our robot will come back to you he'll ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way uh, possible. The book again is Revive Us Again. Uh, that number is 04 888 11 and uh, the code is SA111. Uh, this is a really beaut uh, book. I would encourage you to uh, please pick this one up uh, while while it is actually actually going. Uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and uh, guiding us through our discussion today is our regular Wednesday co-host that's uh, Pastor David Butcher and David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in South Oz. And uh, this week we're following the theme, the Bible, the believer and the spirit. And today we're chatting on that question, how will the Holy Spirit change my life? Uh, And indeed he will do exactly that. Uh, David, uh, look, one of the questions that really comes to me most, most frequently though is how do I know that I have the Holy Spirit? You know, look, is there any way of knowing that, hey, or is this something I just accept by faith? Yeah, look, Gary, we don't have enough time to cover half of what we want to discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firstly, let me suggest feelings, (coughs) pardon me, feelings um, can lie. Yeah. You know, if, if... Feelings are often based on circumstances. We might be in a difficult situation and we might not feel uh, certain things. But we need to walk by faith, not by sight. But let me just answer that, Gary, with a, a little premise. Uh, in John 16, 8, we're told that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Uh, we know in Acts chapter 2 that uh, the people at Pentecost, the Jewish people, they were cut to the heart. They were convicted of their sin, and they said to the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter responded by saying, he said, Repent, 
Turn around. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn back to God. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift, we'll get back to that shortly, of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to take you to Ezekiel 26, 36 verses 26 and 27, then we're going to jump to how do I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27 says, I will give you a, a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a new heart of flesh. Mm. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you'll keep my judgments and do them. So what I want to suggest is when we're convicted of our sin, when we ask for forgiveness and we ask God to help us mm. and we should be asking for the Holy Spirit mm. to come into our lives, he gives us a new heart. He causes us through the Holy Spirit to walk in his ways. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we know what that looks like? We go to Galatians chapter 5, and we've got something in Galatians chapter 5 where, again, the great theologian, the Apostle Paul, talks in this chapter, in the last part of the chapter, about walking in the Spirit. The first part, verses 16 through to verses 21, he talks about all the things that we don't want in our lives, drunkenness, yeah, yeah, envy, yeah, yeah. murders, all of that, jealousy, idolatry, all of these things. And all of these things will keep us out of the kingdom of God. He says that in verse 21. Mm-hmm. So they're called the works of the flesh, Yep, and they're multiple. You only need one of those things uh, to, to be in a bad way. But then in verse 22 of Galatians 5, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Mm. Now, I want to call this um, sanctification. Okay. The minute we accept Jesus, we're justified, we're we're accepted into Christ. But then we need the Holy Spirit to work on us, to enable us to do what God wants us to, to live live out these things, Mm. patience, gentleness, kindness, meekness, self-control, etc., faithfulness. This can be, and it is a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. We're forgiven instantaneously. We're sons and daughters of God instantaneously when we surrender our hearts and we say, God, I want you to take over this mess in my mm-hmm. life. Clean me up. Mm-hmm. We're made perfect then and there, in, or we're seen to be perfect then and there when we accept Christ. But the work of change is something that we need to ask the Holy Spirit to do within us every day. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I like what you're actually uh, saying, saying there, David, uh, be, but... I suppose one of the things that I'm so conscious of is that, you know, even the great apostle Paul at the end of his life was, uh, you know, able to, able to say, you know, I have not yet achieved. You know, I mean, how do you deal with that? And, and, and this is where, as I was saying, we're perfect in Christ the moment we receive Jesus. Yeah. But we're still a work in progress. Yeah. And so the apostle Paul says that. But he says, he, you know, he's fought the good fight. Okay, he? and that I think is so key. You know, to me, one of the things that I suppose that I'm really conscious of is that sometimes the closer I come to Jesus, uh, the more I might recognize my own imperfections. And yet, others around me are starting to say things like, 
what's happened to what's they, different they, about they, they, they can recognize that there's some there's something happening there's a change that's taking place meanwhile within myself I, I look at myself and I'm comparing myself to Jesus Christ and I'm I, I don't notice those changes taking place you know to me as I look at this uh, Galatians chapter 5 here you know that fruit of the spirit is so key the fruit you know fruit of course is what develops on a tree that is mature because sometimes a a little tree a young tree doesn't have a lot of fruit it takes time it takes time but here we've got the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering do you know one of the most beautiful things that uh, i I know of is that, uh, you know, as a person comes closer to Jesus, they have this thing called peace is able to settle upon them. One of the great evidences to me of the work of the Holy Spirit is in fact that a person has got peace within their life. They know they are in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Love, joy. You know, this doesn't mean happiness. No. What does it mean? Uh, this is where Paul says rejoice in the Lord always and he's in prison, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in all things give thanks. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a knowledge. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's an understanding that irrespective of the circumstances that I'm in or that might be happening to me, the events that are happening to my life, I know that I'm secure in Christ. I've committed myself to him. And I'm in the asking him to work within my life on a daily basis. It's that, it's that peace. Uh, and so, Gary, um, to have that peace, um, Jesus wants the Holy Spirit to be in us continually because it's only, we only have access to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In other words, Jesus operates in our life. He's back in heaven through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians chapter 5, uh, we come across a beautiful passage in verse 18, and it says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Now, yeah. the Greek language is very rich, and the word be filled or filled with the Spirit, the word filled is not a once-off in the yes, Greek language. Yes, it's yes. a present. Yes. It's a continuous. We are to be continually filled with with the spirit, yeah, I, and that's and this is really key uh, to where we've actually been going. And I'm conscious that our time is actually starting to disappear from us. But David, one of the things I, I would love to be able to emphasize is, you know, sometimes I actually say I, ha- I have had people come to me and say, uh, Pastor Gary, you know, I can't, you know, I don't have one of the uh, f- uh, one of the gifts of the spirit. I can't speak in tongues. Uh, do I have the Holy Spirit? My response to them each time is, Hey, uh, God has given the gifts of the spirit. Spirit to individual people in various ways. Not any everyone will be able to do any one gift. Well, we're Spirit. told that the Holy Spirit gives the gift as He wills. Exactly. And exactly. Not everyone gets them all. But I want to suggest often, and we've only got a minute or so. The Holy uh, people say, oh, "I want the gift of this, the gift of prophecy, yeah, or teaching, yeah, or yeah. apostleship, or martyr—not martyrdom. No yep, one yep, wants that yep, gift, yep. right? But the real gift." is the Holy Spirit himself. In Acts 2, or Acts 1, they've t- the disciples are told to wait for the promise of the Father, and yep, that's the Holy which is Spirit. the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts 2, Peter says to these people, when they say, "What men, brethren, what shall we do? He says, repent, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift. That's it. That's it. That's it. And, that's- and, then, and then the Holy Spirit 
gives an outpouring or the ability to perform certain tasks such as teaching or preaching or or hospitality as he wills for particular purposes. Yeah, but the gift yeah. is the Holy Spirit. The Let's gift is the Holy Spirit. That. And the evidence of that is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. If a person has these things, in an increasing measure even, uh, they actually have the gift of the Holy Spirit. David, Amen. look, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to come to you right now. I want to say thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, I'm so conscious that there may be some people out there right now who may be saying, Lord, uh, give me the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, uh, if they right now just look up. Uh, Lord, I pray that those who are looking up, that you might indeed give them, empower them uh, with that uh, delightful gift, that beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that the fruit of the Spirit will be more and more evidenced in their lives day by day. Give them a passion uh, for uh, for your word. Uh, ask, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan are going to be leading the program and they're going to be look at the subject, the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. This is a really big one. Really look forward to, to being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.